0: Welcome to the Podcast Launchpad, where you'll learn the tools you need to use your podcast to be a go-to expert in your field, expand your audience, and get more clients. I'm your host, Kelly. Enjoy the show. I'm thrilled to be chatting with my guest today, a true leader in the podcasting industry, about using podcasting for marketing and audience building. Chris Kermitos is a thought leader, speaker, and event organizer. He's been in the book of Guinness World Records twice for having the largest attendance at a virtual podcasting conference in one week in 2020, and then breaking that record again the very next year in 2021. Chris has successfully grown Podcast Multimedia Expo to an international conference with upwards of 3,000 registrants from what started as a meetup at a local cafe in 2013. Chris is also the author of Start Ugly, a timeless tale about innovation and change, which hit number one in business leadership and HR. Welcome, Chris. I am so happy you're here today. Kelly, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to talk a little about your background in podcasting. What drew you to podcasting and what did you recognize as being so powerful about it?
1: So that when it comes to media, I've been drawn to media since I was a little kid watching um, TV when it went from 13 channels to 29 channels. So I remember that transition, which is cable TV. And I do remember yelling at the TV that they were programming it all wrong. So for whatever reason, I had a knack for programming, meaning what makes a program work and what makes a lineup work. So I got drawn to media from just literally as early age, uh, watching a lot of TV, so a lot of research, I guess you could say. And then um, when I moved to Florida, I got involved in public access and I started uh, producing two TV shows. And those kind of taught me the behind the scenes. I really like the production aspect. Uh, So I'm, I'm, I'm a behind the scenes guy. That's probably why I like doing events. I like all the pieces that go into something and podcasting lagged behind on-demand video by about eight years. So YouTube had already matured and people were doing, sharing viral videos and building a career. And yet in 2013, I noticed that podcasting was nowhere near the maturity of on-demand video. Mm -hmm. And I realized there was an opportunity to help a lot of people get started. And the coolest part about audio, it was a lower lift in that uh, you didn't have to worry about your visuals at the time. So I started doing meetups and helping as many people as I can. Uh, My wife started her show and I helped behind the scenes. She and I still work hand in hand. It's kind of funny. I always wind up doing the marketing for her shows and I just loved working with her. So it's been um, an amazing journey. I think uh the sky's the limit, and this is the new kind of way information gets out. and uh, I think it's very important to um it's very important to social dialogue that podcasting remains free and independent, and it's the one source that um uh, powers that be cannot control podcasting for many different reasons. So I really enjoy um. The independence that comes with this medium and the power that gets restored to the individual who could utilize this medium to put a message out
0: absolutely i totally agree it's such a democratic tool As in, like you said, that the individual has control over it. There are no gatekeepers, you know, unless you're like signing a deal with Apple Podcasts or Spotify or something. But yeah, we have control over our voice, our message, what we put out, and it makes it just so powerful. And it's one of the things I really love about it. And I first started podcasting in 2012. And you're right, it was just so scrappy. We didn't know what we were doing. This is over at Geek Girls with some podcasting buddies, a pop culture podcast, and we just put it together, you know,
1: I don't know. People were getting were... downloads just because they were just because they had a show because there wasn't yes. enough shows to go around. So yeah. I remember it's... shows I was like, I would never even know how to find that. And yet they have hundreds of people waiting for it. So I it, we I realized because um, I had seen it in YouTube. So I had some frame of reference. I'm like, man, this, this shouldn't be doing that well, but it is because there wasn't enough creators, which is highly unusual. Right,
0: exactly. And then what you mentioned about it being easy, because there were no visuals, you know, you can, you just can wear your pajamas and, you know, have a decent mic and all of that. And yeah, but today, you know, as you know, I share the video of this as well. And so we have to be cognizant of both the audio and the video. Now, you don't have to do video, but there are real benefits to doing it, aren't there?
1: videos listen we started a track uh at podfest a vidfest track years ago because we saw this coming um you have to have both uh over time you could start with audio but i highly recommend both because people are finding it you know there's just as many people watching podcasts on youtube as there are on all the um players and then some people tend to be like rocks some people don't realize it but they're really good at video and they you know i've seen it it's not the it's not the rule but every now and then someone pops on video more than they do on on on-demand audio so you want to have your options open
0: very true yeah and youtube finally came out with like some tips about podcasting on youtube and you know it's basically it's just it's not necessarily unique but yeah they're trying to get more podcasters there so very cool all right. So today we're talking about using podcasting for marketing and audience building. And of course, that's what this whole show is about. So, what makes podcasting a unique tool for marketing and audience building?
1: Um, it's a long form play, meaning people will consume the entire episode uh, because it's not built. So, if you think about YouTube, and if you're on YouTube and you're watching a video, they allow you to scroll to click on another video. So YouTube's algorithm is built to make sure that you watch more ads than content. So they're actually incentivized to make you click on something else a few minutes after you started watching the first thing. And then when you are watching the second thing, they want you to click another couple of minutes. So within an hour, they've served up 20 ads to you. A podcast is not built that way because there's not one player that controls it. so therefore, a podcast, usually you're going to listen to it or watch it or whatever. And you're more than likely uh, going to put the phone down and consume the content in a long form fashion. So that in itself is unique. And up until Joe Rogan uh, started doing three hour episodes, no one in TV or even media thought that was impossible, that people yeah. would sit and consume three hour episodes. Now we've learned that, yeah, if the content is that good and that unique people will consume long form. doesn't mean you have to do long form. You could, your episode could be five minutes. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is the person more than likely, if they clicked on your podcast, they're probably going to consume the entire five minutes Mm -hmm. if the information is decent. So that right there is a huge differentiator and it's a huge, um, uh, people are going to absorb that marketing message or message, whatever it is, right? Show, whatever you want to call it, much different than something that they're clicking on at the speed of light and getting served up 10 other things. Podcasting is not built that way. It's built for deeper relationship with an audience that's looking for your content.
0: Absolutely, love that. And then even like compared to a blog, people spend just seconds scanning a blog while, like you said, people are listening to pretty much all of a podcast. I read like 80% of people listen to 80% or more of every podcast episode. So that's just astounding and fabulous. It's a huge benefit to us podcasters.
1: You and I should, on another note, not today, but debate what happened with blogs because they used to be very pertinent. Mm -hmm. And now what's happened is they're being manipulated in that people pay a blog to write the top 10, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we're, and and they work from the SEO standpoint, but I remember the day and age where blogs were dominant. Mm -hmm. And if you had a blog, It was a big deal. Now, I'm not saying there's not dominant blogs, but I don't know what happened. I don't know if it got centralized, but it's not what it once used to be. And you're right Mm -hmm. right now, podcasting. um, And I hope that doesn't change. And podcasting, things do evolve right now. Podcasting is one of the dominant forces. If you want to get a blog type message out and you hit a good point on that. I I still have to do a deep dive of what happened to the blogs or is it maybe they're just on Substack and, and medium post long form type things. I don't know, but I remember the day and age when people had blogs and when they wrote something, tons of people read it. That's not the case anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like, and yeah, I don't have the answer either, but I feel like blog posts or the articles, they're all very similar. It's all rehashing the same information and you're just going to you know hear different or read different people's voices. And it's not that podcast, informational podcasts, aren't sharing similar information, but you're getting people's personalities. That's a huge difference. So the messenger is totally different. And so the show is unique. It's really hard to get personality across in a blog. So I think,
1: I th- I think now that you're saying it, you're triggering the thing that they call it organic, like you have paid and organic search. But the problem is there's nothing organic about a algorithm serving you up what they make the most money on. So even the organic is manipulated. So I think you're right. I think you don't have the same independence that you have on podcasting. And the search is not the same as it once was. Cause there was a time when you'd get really great articles off these blogs. Mm -hmm. Now it's all manipulated for affiliate revenue, nothing wrong with that, but it's Mm -hmm. not the same kind of altruism. So you have to look for it in different ways. So yeah, great point. Great point. Yeah. And you're right.
0: I do love the altruistic nature of podcasts as well, even when you're using your podcast to market your business. Absolutely.
1: Well, yeah, the information still has to be good, right? Yes.
0: Yes, totally. People will stop listening. All right. So you've got 10 tips to share about using podcasting for marketing and audience building. So why don't we go ahead and get into those?
1: Yeah, let me, um, what I'm going to do, so I have it as a guide. I'm going to just share the tips so I could see them, but it doesn't matter if you're listening. They're they're great tips. So the first tip is there's this new tool called podlottery.com. And it allows one of the things that um, podcasters, when you get started, the way your podcast gets judged is by your reviews on Apple. And a lot of podcasts just don't have reviews and you need really good reviews. So um, Alex and Filippo Podmatch create a pod lottery. And this is a certified process where you have to listen to a show and make sure that you give it an honest review. And basically it's a lottery. You get a ticket. So for every review you do, you're in the lottery. Um, and it's certified by Apple. It works with their API. Uh, so everything is, is pretty uh, amazing and above board. To me, this is a, a great way to make sure that your podcast that you just launched starts to have legitimacy Mm-hmm. In the eyes of the um, listener, because they mm-hmm. do look at how many reviews a podcast has before they, they invest their time in listening to your show. So and, and the reviews tell them what the show is about. Podmatch, which I'm sure you've mentioned, is another great tool. And that's for me, if you don't want to start a podcast, it's a great place let to Let me be interrupt a- you real quick. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm still seeing I'm seeing slide number nine. Oh, let me uh thank you so much. Sometimes no computers. Let me, let me know if you see this. uh, There we go. There's number two. Um, Do you see it? Yeah. Okay. We're good. So, so I'm a big proponent. If you're not ready to start your podcast yet, uh, being a guest is a great way to get your legs under you. And PodMatch is just a really low cost tool that does a really great job of matching you on uh, shows that you might be a great guest on. However, I'm going to give you a tip on how to be a great guest write down really great stories that tell the lesson that you want to convey when you're a guest. So uh, people love stories. And if you're going to be on guests on multiple podcasts, it'd be great if you could mix up your stories. So that way, if someone becomes a fan of yours, they learn different things about you on different shows. Um, obviously. Excellent you, tip. Yeah. So that's, that's that. Uh, th- th- there's another new tool call, uh, from headliner headliner. If you're not familiar with is a, Uh, It creates audiograms for podcasters. Mm. But the cool tool that they have is called Disco. So if you look up Disco by Headliner, it's a tool that allows, um, as a content creator, it'll take your snippets that you create, and it will serve them up onto news sites. So it'll be at the bottom of a news site, and someone might find your podcast being recommended by this tool called Disco. So this is a SaaS product. It's meant for B2B. However, there's an opening for independent creators to get some of their stuff served up and they created that as a value add uh, thanking the independent. So imagine if you create an audiogram using Headliner, but now Disco, it's this service that they call Disco, D-I-S-C-O, um, starts recommending it on some really heavily trafficked. Let's say you're a sports podcaster. Now it's on a big ESPN blog. It's meant for really big blogs. So it's really, um, it's in, in beta. So this is a exclusive, Kelly, for the, the I've already um, looked into it. It looks really good. I highly recommend looking it over. Awesome. Um, For me, promo swaps are a big deal. So Mm -hmm. my fourth tool is um, making sure to meet other people to do promo swaps. Mm -hmm. So at PodFast, the event that I do, we do it on site, but let's say you want to do it virtually. There's a website called tinkmedia.co. Tink is uh, 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 T-I-N-K, tinkmedia.co. And they have an opportunity where you could do what's called promo swaps. They have a swap database. And let me just explain what a promo swap is, because a lot of people get hung up on what it is. Mm -hmm. It's it's not you being on someone's show. It's someone saying, hey, you should listen to this show because of this reason. And then you're saying the same thing for them. So imagine if you're in a very niche business interest and you happen to find someone in a lateral business interest where the listenership is very uh, easy to overlap. You could easily recommend each other Mm -hmm. and grow your show by five or 10 percent, which is a huge number. Yeah. Um, so promo swaps to me are great. And Tink Media has a great database where you could list, Hey, I'm willing to swap hundred downloads to mention your show mm-hmm. and vice versa. And the bigger shows are up there too.
0: Awesome. So that's, that's, that's uh,
1: great. I love that tool. Okay. So this one, um, visually, if you're looking at this, I have eight logos laid out and the logos are of, uh my wife's podcast network. She does, she started with a show called meditation for women. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that a lot of people don't look into, I highly recommend is they don't look at the data on their shows or even the data of doing uh, some research on the, I I would recommend using Apple's um, podcast player to do some research. And how do you do research? You start typing in the names of what you think your, your niche should be or what your show should be named. And um, in Katie's, space we knew that we wanted to do a meditation show for women so literally her first show out was called meditation for women so that's amazing
0: sim- that that name was available
1: yeah it was available so it was a huge so think about this there's tons of meditation podcasts but there was none catering to women wow. and katie already had a business show so she started around when you started kelly her first show was called biz women rock which was catering to business women um and she 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 retired and pivoted into the meditation space Mm -hmm. because she wanted to do something more creative. Mm. So meditation for women was there, but she brought me on and she said, Chris, I see you doing these consulting sessions for people and you're growing, you're helping them grow by five X, six X, she goes, can you help me? And I said, absolutely. I go, but I need you as my wife to listen to my advice. You know, a lot of times we don't listen. to our right. <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, okay. Uh, and I need you not to make me wrong when I don't listen carefully. We can work through it. And I said, absolutely. So as adults, we are able to work out a solution that worked great for us. And what we looked at, Kelly, was, when I looked at the the downloads from the shows from meditation for women. So every show is different, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, one might yeah. be a morning meditation. One might be an affirmation. Um, the the number one thing that we saw that really bent the needle were her sleep shows. Mm. But I said to her, the next thing we're going to do is launch a sleep meditation show. And that really overtook that's her biggest show still to this day. Wow. Um, and then we said, okay, if someone goes to sleep with a meditation what do they do in the morning? And that's when we launch mm-hmm. morning meditation. So we have eight eight or nine shows on the network. We're about to launch our ninth. And it's the main thing here, the lesson here, if you're listening, is the keyword meditation is in all the shows. Mm-hmm. Visually, you could see it. And the second keyword, the secondary is women. So we're catering mm-hmm. to women. The reason why this is important is I see this happen almost every day of the week. Someone might name a show. Um, they might name a meditation show Kelly's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, that's not descriptive. That's a name, you know, right. meditation. It's if it was Kelly's meditation, I know you would do this, but I, sh- I should be using another name because Kelly knows. That's this okay. <laughs> Kelly's an expert. Like she, she knows that she's, and I appreciate you giving me the floor for this Kelly. But I Kelly just knows did this an episode times so on how do I name my podcast?
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, I talk about naming it after yourself and how difficult that is.
1: Well, the most of the most egregious example, I remember I met an event planner uh, in another city, amazing individual. And I had created, I create shows for fun, like as a hobby, like I love this stuff. And I created um cash conference cash flow, And then I rebranded to live event profits to helping people with live events. Yeah. Um, and she said to me uh, that she named her show after her corporation or something. And mm-hmm. it, it made no sense, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, why didn't you put event planning in it? Cause that's what you're talking about. Right. Event planning. Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, but it seems like everybody has that name in it. And I don't want to be like everybody. And I said, I, I understand and honor that, but no one's going to find your show. Mm-hmm. And I said, who told you that was a good idea? And she said, well, my friends and my, my family. And I said, I, God bless your friends and your family, but that's just not good advice because mm-hmm. they're just trying to say they're excited for you, yeah. but you have to have, if if you want to go by your corporate name, just put your corporate name slash event planning podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I right. go, that'll help an audience <laughs> find you. And um, I had a my my buddy's father, uh, old Greek guy, once told us uh, he had a diner, uh, he, They still, the family still does in New York City. And he said, you know, you could have a diner out in the middle of nowhere and hope that you're the only place to serve people. Or you could be where there's 10 other food choices and you're going to do really well because you're in a very busy spot. When I see other podcasts that are similar named, I see that as a positive that I'm probably fishing in the right pool. Now mm. I just got to figure out. What's my differentiator from my format? Like, am I going to be the short version for mm-hmm. the busy person in the niche, or so that that that's? I always say to people, don't shy away. If you see a lot of, you you might want to tweak the name, but you're on you're on the right track. If you see a lot of like, oh my god, there's a lot of meditation shows. Okay, great. What space do you want to own? So Katie wanted to. She always was catering to women, so it was an easy uh, space for her to be part of.
0: Absolutely, find that gap being left open by all the other shows out there and fill
1: that niche. Now, now this tool, Kelly, is for someone that has, and this is really great for if you're doing a business podcast. So you, I'm gonna assume that you have some money to invest and I highly recommend, once you invest in your education, because that's like the number one area, because to mm-hmm. invest in a mic, it's not much, right? Yeah. But it's, it's, it's investing in like, do you have the right niche? Do you have the right name? Are you gonna hit the right target? Now, if you have a budget past that, Uh, I recommend using a tool called Advertise Cast. So Advertise Cast represents podcasters and they bring advertisers to podcasters. So a lot of the famous podcast uh, advertisers we all know of BetterHelp, um, Athletic Greens, they represent that company and those companies and they'll put ads on these different podcasts. But here's an interesting twist. So for Katie's show, we'll find other podcasters that deal with female-based audiences And we'll put ads on those shows. But what people don't realize is if you're advertising on four or five podcasts, you can request that they all meet with you on a Zoom call at once. So now what I do is we'll set up five or six of these podcasters on a Zoom call. Then I have Katie do a PowerPoint presentation about her history, about her show. One, that creates a better ad for her when she's advertising. But two, these people have huge shows. If they like the story, they might have her on the show. So it's a great way to get in front of really large shows that honestly have uh, production assistance, people screening through everybody. So then Katie would never recommend to be on the show, but we do have someone that works with Katie and she might reach out to them and say, Hey, would you like to have Katie on? If they already know her, I would say she has a nine out of 10 chance of getting on that show. And that saves a lot of time if you're a busy business person and you want to get on bigger shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's almost the same amount of money uh, as hiring a high end PR agency, but it's better because you get the benefit of marketing your show and you might get on the show. That's uh, right. And you know, their numbers. So you don't, you're not guessing. Right. Yeah. So that's advertised cast okay. and we're reversing what it's meant for. So this is a, how to grow your show and get on bigger shows by using them as an advertising platform. Great. Thank you. I I love custom branded stickers and there's this tool called Sticker Mule. Um, I come, I'm like a bridge generation. I was not really big on stickers, but the more I travel, the more I see people put stickers on their laptops. Mm -hmm. We do live in a logo economy where people will see a logo. They'll look it up because they have the power of search. I had a mentor a while back, Kelly, who um, this is a big, this guy, Fortune 100 consultant. He'd be like, you got to explain all acronyms, but we do live in a world where everything is acronyms and yeah. people look it up. So like, mm-hmm. even for my event, PodFest IRL in real life, mm-hmm. um, people might not like that, but if you want to be part of today's market, that's, you got to speak the vernacular. So uh, I'm big on stickers now. I bring them wherever I go. So if you have a show and you go to a trade show, you should have those stickers. They will circulate. People do use them. People actually request them now. I don't even put them on tables. Wow. It's like, Who wants one? And they, they grab them from me and I know that they're going to use them and put them to good use. So, wow. um, which of course means that you need a logo. Yes. For your podcast. Thank and, you. So that, that's, that's Kelly's tip. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's separate from your cover art. You yeah. The logo would go on the cover art. So yeah. And it could be step.
1: circular. Like think about mm-hmm. what, 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 um, shape you want. Cause mm-hmm. logos could come in all different shapes. I found circular for us. Our logo is circular anyway. So it works well. Yep. Uh, but yes, you're right. You ha- you should have a different version that's more logo uh, for your, uh, yeah. you know. Um, My logo is the little uh, rocket with the
0: mic inside the rocket.
1: And that's a great, yeah. That's, that's so visual, uh, and and it depicts what you do. Yeah. Um, the 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 next strategy, and by the way, these tools are are sourced from the Podfest community, so I don't want to take credit from. These are from all the different creators, we're very fortunate in that we all share together. So then I'm giving you the best of, right? Yeah. This is what I call the $1 a day Facebook ad strategy. So uh, if you're listening to this on audio, I literally have um, armchair quarterback, uh, I'm sorry, armchair expert, uh, Dak Shepard, and there's a picture of him and um, Dr. Phil. Mm -hmm. And he's celebrating that he just had, you know, Dr. Phil on or whatever, and and just uh, talking about uh, something on a Facebook post. But here's what I want you to imagine. Imagine if you're the creator, the podcaster, you just interviewed someone really famous in your niche. So it might not be Dr. Phil, who's a TV guy might be um, a CEO in your space that is sought after and they do public speaking and they got books and all kinds of stuff for $1 a day. You could run a social ad based on that person's uh, fan base on social. So a lot of these people that are really big authors or big experts, you could actually find their fan base on social and create a targeted campaign marketing your episode that you had them on Mm -hmm. to their fans. So for a dollar a day, every day, you're going to pick up downloads on that episode. The key, because you want to retain those people to listen to your, your show, is you should have something in the beginning of the intro of the show saying, uh, as we interviewed Dr. Phil, uh, a lot of people were asking us about X, Y, Z, whatever the topic, Dr. and we had that on episode 139. So if you're done with Dr. Phil, go check out 139. So this gives you an opportunity for the listener to not only listen to what they wanted to, but then like, you know what, let me listen to this other episode. And then they might decide like, you know what, Kelly has really good episodes. I think I should listen to all her other stuff too. So you're, you're it gives you the opportunity to snag an audience off of someone else's following. And That's it's only a dollar a day mm, and social ads. So what I mean by that is I don't care if it's Facebook, Instagram, whatever platform you think your audience is on uh, mm. LinkedIn, even right. Market yep. it there. Yeah. Uh, the I'm wearing the sweater actually of this next podcaster. Uh, what was that like? Mm. And that was um, Scott Johnson launched this at our local meetup here in, in Tampa, Florida. And he has the computer tutor show. So he, he had his own subject matter um, podcast about, fixing computers for years. And he wanted to do something very creative. And um my tip here is making sure you understand that you're delivering the brand promise of the show. So Scott named his show. What was that like? So that is the brand promise of his show. Um Most podcasters do not deliver a brand promise. So Kelly, your brand promise today is you want me to teach tips on how to grow a show, right? Now, if yep. I was just talking about I don't know my life story growing up in New York that I'm not, you're not meeting your brand promise. And I'm just talking at link to an audience that doesn't know what the heck's going on. Right. So you, you, you already know this lesson, but it's very, uh, what was that like is an easy example because he named his show, the brand promise. So mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Uh, and the tagline is uh, real people in unreal situations. So mm-hmm. he interviews, he interviewed one gentleman that went hand gliding in Switzerland, American, Uh, They forgot to strap them into the hand gliding. Uh, So as they took off, the instructor, you could tell, immediately realizes the guy is not strapped in. And because anyone knows the Swiss Alps, there's like these drafts of wind. So as the guy tried to lower it, it would actually make them go higher because of the drafts of wind. Technically, and I I watched a documentary about this case. You're not supposed to be able to hang on to your own weight for longer than like 15 minutes. Like uh, physically, it's impossible. Yeah. because you, you everything comes apart you shoulder everything this gentleman hung on for 45 minutes it's a it's a record now he tore everything in his shoulder and everything but scott asks him the foundational question of the show what was that like right <laughs> so he finds real people in unreal situations and i'll tell you how picky he is he only does this show twice a month and all of us have asked him scott why don't you do it once a week he goes i can't find to at my criteria, I can't find it weekly. And what we found is you don't have to do a weekly show. If you're that specific and your show is at that level of quality, he's now top 25 society and culture in the world. He's one of the largest shows in the world. I remember when he was getting eight downloads a show. Um, so what is your brand promise Mm -hmm. for my wife's sleep show? The brand promise is you should not be making it to the end of the show. You should be asleep. Nice. So that should be the feedback. Like, I never listen to the end of meditation. I'm pretty much asleep by the time it gets there, right. or I don't even know when the show ends because it just keeps playing and I'm I'm out cold. So that that's what I mean by it's it's that specific. So mm-hmm. um, if you're doing a business show and you're interviewing business people, what is the deliverable that you're going to give to the end user, and are you being consistent with that deliverable? Because mm-hmm. that's what will dictate whether it's going to be a success. Not numbers wise, but to the person listening. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, Number nine, uh, we already covered this, but I'm showing my wife's um, uh, logos again. I think we covered it. Um, Making sure that your show is easily discoverable. Uh, So, meditation is a keyword, women is a second keyword. But the main thing I shared on the first time out is, going, looking at your stats and seeing what's important that I was explaining, like we launched the sleep show based Mm -hmm. on looking at our stats. So if you start a show, look at your stats, you don't have to create a multiple network show. Like Katie and I do this full time for a living. But what I I mean is if you notice that there's a certain topic in your space that really bends the needle, you should be revisiting that topic by looking at your stats. And Kelly, most people don't even know where to access their stats is the first problem. Yeah. And the second was they don't know how to read them. And that's okay. But you got to make an effort. You got to make an effort. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And it's totally fine. And and like you're saying, you know, we should go back and revisit topics that we've already covered, diving deeper into them, Too or not too often, but so often, we'll do a general topic or a general episode on a topic that we can easily break down into more specific episodes on those bigger topics.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of like, if you're stuck and you're doing this for business, invest in someone that's an expert. Like I'll give you an example. Um, I'm not a YouTube expert, but I'm pretty good. I know more than most people, but I I would say like, um, my friend would say this in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is King. So I I have a little bit more information than most, but I have a friend that I help produce his channel. We've hit a plateau We're investing right now, uh, $600 for some, like a really good YouTube expert to look at it. And we're prepared of one, two, one of two outcomes. One, he gives us some tips and tells us, Hey, try this and this and this, Mm -hmm. or two, he says to us, you guys have everything covered. There's not much I could do. And we're okay with that. Just to, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how, that's how paranoid we are about the success of our shows. Mm -hmm. Most people are not committed at that level because they see this as a hobby, right? I see this as everything if you're using it as a marketing, because that one person that could come in through your show could mean a big difference in your consulting, your business. If you're you're doing enterprise sales or B2B, it could be a really big uh, factor.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, this is really for your audience. We'd love to feature anyone that has a show and wants to get featured or you're launching a show. Just go to the PodFest messenger. If you look that up, we will feature you. Thanks to Kelly um, no strings attached whatsoever. We'll give you a shout out. We'll put your RSS feed in there. You just have to give us something to promote. So it could be, Hey, I'm launching my show. Thanks to Kelly. Uh, here's what it is. Or you could say I'm on my 50th episode. Um, you know, uh, you're, you're celebrating a milestone. We'll put that in our newsletter that goes out to thousands of podcasters as a thanks to Kelly. Uh, just go to podfestmessenger.com. You do have to be subscribed to the newsletter. It does go out twice a week. It's an industry sh- trade that kind of gives people tips. We are going to be publishing the YouTube podcast manifesto that just dropped the other day that mm-hmm. you just mentioned. Um, we just think it's really uh, good for people to know. I'm trying to think. Yeah. So, that, Kelly, that's what I have here, and I awesome. could elaborate on anything else that you'd like. But I, I love podcasting, but I, I do grow frustrated sometimes uh, when people don't understand that. Um, They should invest in their podcast, not on the equipment, because once you invest in the equipment, you know, a mic is a mic, like there's not much there. But you have to realize that there should be some strategies that you play out to be successful. And sometimes when you find someone that knows how to help you along the, the ladder, that'll save you a lot of time and pain. Um, and I, am and I'm a big proponent on that because, and you've been doing this for some time, find the people that have been in it too. Like, I like the people that have had some hobby podcasts and they have a business podcast because they like the medium. Yes. Uh, they tend to be really good. Sometimes you get these characters that show up and they're trying to make some quick money. Just mm-hmm. be careful of that. That's all.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I obviously just adore it since my other podcast uh, or not, I I've got three right now, but at geek girl soup is purely for fun we just enjoy getting together every Sunday to chat movies and TV shows and diversity, equity, inclusion in the film and TV industry. And yeah, so that one's just for fun. And and obviously I love the medium so much. So, um, well, those tips were fabulous. I really appreciate you sharing all of that. This was just great. And wholeheartedly agree with everything and you shared some things that I wasn't aware of so I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, if you have any um as you cuz I know you interview a lot of people if you have anything on Spotify let me know. So that's a huge growth area. Yeah. I'm looking at that. I I did find out recently that um if you can get Spotify reviews it does help your ranking behind the scenes. Mm. But Spotify really guards their information so I'm always trying to figure out how do you get um recommended in their algorithm mm-hmm. uh, but I highly recommend uh anyone doing this looking at it at least um because it's i think spotify will become over time if not the dominant player they're already number two but they're going to gain in dominance from where they're at right now true one of my clients gets the majority
0: of her listeners on spotify majority of mine are on apple
1: which so i've traveling the country i've seen that kelly some people that are newer they'll Mm -hmm. say this what they'll say i don't know how i'm getting all this But 90% of my downloads are coming from Spotify. And I think what's happening is Spotify has their proprietary algorithm. Mm -hmm. Once certain things get fed in there, and if they get in the right way, it's almost like perpetual downloads. Um, And it's all real. It's getting recommended through their algorithm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So interesting,
1: yeah. Well, I'm not a Spotify expert, so yeah. I don't think Maybe. there is anyone that's a Spotify at this point. Yeah. We're all trying to figure it out, you know. <laughs> true, true. Apple's where it's at. I mean, that's the majority of it. That's what we're doing. But Spotify is a an enigma that we're all just looking at, and trying to learn from.
0: Yeah, but I do tell people like when picking out a name, and and this came out in uh, episode 27. How do I pick a podcast name? That you can't just look on Apple podcasts when looking for a unique name, you have to go look on Spotify as well, because some people make their podcast exclusive to Spotify, even when they don't have a deal with Spotify.
1: I'm glad you said that I'm going to implement that I have not I have not adjusted my teaching. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. That's a really good tip. Uh, And good point. You're right, they get on anchor, they're not even in the Apple universe.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you've got to look on both. All right, so let's talk about PodFest for a minute. I am so excited. I'll be speaking there in the Pecha Kucha event. It's gonna be my first time at a PodFest. I cannot believe I haven't gone before. Sorry for that. Um, It's been tough though with a kid at home. He's 16 now though, so it's a lot easier. Anyway, so January 26th through 29th, that's a Thursday through Sunday, but you need to arrive on Wednesday. To uh be be able to go to all the events in Orlando, Florida. So you take it from here. Why should people attend, especially if they don't have a podcast yet? What can they expect from all the events?
1: Well, this is our ninth year in person. Mm-hmm. Um, we had so we did the virtual events the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is uh, I would say this is the first year outside of COVID that I we're gonna have a real like everybody's coming back because yeah. things obviously it takes a while for people to recalibrate and um If you're, if you're looking to learn about, this is what I say to people. If I said to someone 25 years ago, I have a room where Oprah and all the people on the TV dial are hanging out with each other and you could hang out and talk to them and learn from them and build relationships. Would you enter, would you go into that room? Everybody'd be like, of course, Mm -hmm. but what they don't realize is that's, that's what Podfest is. That's what these creator cons are. So we do cater to podcasts and, and people that are beginning, but we also recommend people that are looking to be guests or looking to learn uh what better place than uh hanging out with the creators of Podfest? so we have a beginner track if you're looking to get started we have an expo pass ticket if you just want to go into the expo hall creator pass is where i would say if you're really committed and you want to really go deep dive in your education um go for that but it's uh it's an amazing place where we have built about a decade's worth of relationships where people from all over the world come together um in orlando Thursday, we start, you know, a lot of the education. Sunday, we end with a gratitude ceremony. So our closing keynote is the audience itself. It's very unique. Mm. It started in year two. And in the middle, you'll pretty much see influencers in every spectrum of podcasting, hanging out, talking to each other, comparing notes. So it's a really amazing environment to be part of. Mm. And you have Fabulous speakers, three of whom,
0: trying to think if there are more, three of whom I've already had on this show, Alex Sanfilippo, whom you mentioned, Deirdre Shen, whom I mentioned, and Justin Shank. So it just, such a great lineup.
1: And we have an expo hall. So the key there is you could talk to the companies. So what people don't realize is when you have an expo hall of people that work at these companies that service the industry, you could learn a lot about how. Um, one, you could learn a lot about stats because they're keeper of records, so they might tell you um, things that you don't know about. You could ask them about your niche; they could tell you about shows in the niche, or um, oh, if you word it this way, you'd be surprised what you learn in the expo hall. And then you could look at equipment and see what it takes to start something if you're looking to get started. And a lot of times they have show specials, so it's a it's a really rich environment to immerse yourself if you're looking to really get started. And we're not we weren't started yesterday. So this is our ninth in-person event and we're excited for uh, this year's event. Um, It's in January, which I think is good uh, weather-wise, but also people like a fresh start in January. So it'll be a lot of new relationships being created. That's awesome. Well, I
0: cannot wait. All right. So I want to, yeah, you've just got so many things that you do that you've put out. So just real quick, your books start ugly, your kid-friendly podcast network and the messengers of podcast documentary. And you've got links to all of those on a page on your website. And I'll put that link in the show notes. So what can you tell us about all or any of that whatever you want to talk about so i'll just quick.
1: i'll just focus on the book um okay. start ugly was created for anyone that is dealing with perfectionism or just they can't get out of their own way so it's a book that gives you permission to get started uh whether it's ugly or semi ugly or semi pretty however you want to look at it uh, the book, the title was designed to give you permission to just get started and be okay with it. Uh, it's a short story, so it's not a uh, guide of how to get, it's, it's, there is a guide it's one page, but it's a really nice little short story and a lot of consultants nowadays buy it for their clients. So I'm very blessed in that it's done very well. Just go on Amazon. It's the book that start ugly with a post-it note on it. Uh, there is a philosophy that does really well and it's called start ugly as well. Mm. Um, so it's it's interesting. Uh, My book came out about a month before that one did, but they both have done really well in Amazon. Wow.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I will put that link. Yeah. Again, in the show notes and I highly recommend it. It's really great. All right. Last two questions for you, uh, both about podcasting. So first, what's the biggest practical benefit you've gotten out of being in podcasting?
1: So outside of you know meeting a lot of great people, for me, as a kid that would watch the TV screen and program, I get to do that for a living now. I get to program amazing speakers at PodFest, but also I get to work alongside my wife, Katie, who's a, a powerhouse, and I get to help in the programming of her next couple of shows. So I get to do what I used to do as a kid innately, looking at the TV for a living. So I'm a very, very fortunate in that um, that's what I do full time. So it's a very unique Circumstance to be in requires a lot of work, but I love it. It does, it does require
0: more work than people realize. I still highly recommend podcasting, but yes, it's more work. That's why there's so much pod fade quitting. Yeah, that, you know, that's why I, the
1: one tip I said you don't have to do a weekly, you could do a bi weekly. And we've done some, um, What do you call it? Surveying of people. Mm -hmm. If you do it twice a month, you could still grab a good market share, and it's Mm -hmm. not as overwhelming as weekly. Because we have uh, had people in the room, and they they didn't notice a drop off, but they were consistent on delivering twice a month.
0: Wow. All right. Well, then maybe I'll change my preaching because I preach once a week.
1: Well, I used to preach once a week. uh, Because honestly, up until recent, because now we've been traveling, and we've been putting notes together. The the least you could do is the, the, cause there was a bunch of people doing twice a month mm-hmm. and they all seemed to be in agreement. You could, you could get away with it and do well after that. Not really, but, yeah. um, weekly is ideal, but if you can't do twice a month, it, the quality has to be a little higher though. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good to know. Thank you. All right. And last question, what would you say is the most personally rewarding thing you've gotten out of podcasting?
1: I get to play mayor uh, in a way. I get to go to different cities and meet people like I, I, you know, all over the country now. And I'm, I'm gonna start expanding, hopefully, to Europe and different parts of the world, maybe d- Dubai. So, um, I get to make friends wherever I go, and I get to forget about like, uh, like um, when you do that, you forget about the, the political squabbling that everybody gets into, and when you see just another human being that's excited to start a show to help another human being it's so fulfilling so for me um it makes me realize that we're one big globe we're on the same flying rock in outer space and we should just help each other mm-hmm. and it's just really amazing going from i'll give you an example kelly we went to san antonio for the tour mm-hmm. and uh john Largent said i just want to let you know people in san antonio are last minute well i live in florida we're pretty laid back here so i go yeah kind of I go, don't worry about it. I get last minute. We I'm in Tampa. You know, Miami is a fashionably late down here. Yeah. So um, we start the show, we had like 14 people for the meetup. It's a physical meetup. So we have 14 people when we end, we had like 28. So it was a little, um, it was a lot last minute people. It was like double. So one guy comes up to us and he goes, yeah, it was like six o'clock at six Oh five. I saw that you guys had an Eventbrite posting. So I figured I'd leave my house and come out to the meeting. And I said to John, I go, that's a whole different definition of last meeting at uh, last minute. Usually the Floridians are just lazy to get to your place. They know they're going, they're just, but I've never seen where someone sees an event that had already started and then decided to show up. And he said that in San Antonio, a lot of people will go up to the uh, basketball games and baseball games and literally buy the tickets as the events are going on. So that's a weird thing, but it's a cool thing that I I got to experience in real life. And every little city has their own little nuances and it, it's just cool to meet so many amazing people and very diverse like yeah. from all walks of life which I love that's awesome well I'm originally from Houston
0: Texas and I don't remember that that kind of last minute happening there so it must no, Houston be they a, were on it was the San yeah. Antonio
1: Houston was it, that was a great city let me tell awesome. you we had Houston was amazing yeah
0: yeah I don't live there now I live in Pittsburgh but yeah uh, always a Texan Pittsburgh's
1: so. on our list though to go out to <laughs> Good.
0: Good. That would be fabulous. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris. This has really been awesome. I really appreciate everything that you shared with my listeners today.
1: Thank you, Kelly. And if anyone's listening, don't forget to start ugly. Yes, definitely. Start ugly.
0: Just start. Thank you so much for listening to the Podcast Launchpad. Be sure to follow so you don't miss a single episode. And if you have any comments or questions, feel free to email or send me a DM on Instagram. Follow the links in the show notes. I really appreciate you for being here. See you next time on the Podcast
1: Launchpad.